1: Hello and welcome in to the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you back on the show today. We are going to open up the mailbag and hear what you have to say and ask for Barbara and Phil here on the show. we got got four good questions to get to today, so it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, there'll be something we touch on that maybe uh, you're interested in or had questions about as well, but we always encourage you to follow up. If you do have questions for Pathfinder Wealth, just go to pathfinderchat.com and that's the best place to schedule a meeting. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. How's it going today?
2: Good. Oh, we're doing well,
1: we're, Ben. Doing very
2: well. <laughs> we've got, we have got, um, let's see, three more months of winter, Ben. Of
1: course, yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's the start of the new year, so hopefully everybody's doing well, and uh, and hopefully everybody's got uh, goals set for the new year. I just hope that, my, my goal is this, I just hope that things are a little bit better and a little more stable this year than they've been in the last couple of years. Yeah. It just seems like we've been yeah. on a, a wild ride.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Ben.
1: But uh, Phil, I'm, I'm curious how, uh, how 2023 is going to treat you on the farm because I guess 2022 hasn't been too good for you yet, right?
0: Well, you know, we're I'm going to call this segment the uh, frustration on the farm and give you a, <laughs> the update on the, uh, the deer hunting season. Uh, so we've only taken one deer this year and a friend of mine got it. Uh, but apart from that, that's the only deer that we saw on our property this year, which is really incredible. Now, what's really interesting is that as we sit up in our tree stands, we look over the fence to our neighbor's lot, and they have about four hundred acres of woods over there. We have about you know, maybe twenty acres, but they've got a real thicket of uh, a forest and brush there. You can see the deer playing over there, and we're trying to entice <laughs> them to come to our side, but they just like, don't. No. They just don't listen. <laughs> and so, um, to make matters worse, my uh, my neighbor sent me over. Uh, uh, photographs of, of three monster bucks that they oh. took. I mean, I've seen these deer and they are huge. They're probably eight to nine years old. Well, they took three of the biggies over there. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there sucking our thumb, trying to hope that they come over to our side of the property. So I don't know what's going on there. I guess um, maybe the deer just love the neighbor's deep woods and that's where they're going to hang out. And um, we'll just have to be satisfied with the one the one deer we got.
2: I wonder if they're feeding them something you're not.
0: Well, it could be they're not supposed to be not during deer season, but uh they might be feeding something uh some minerals or something uh, mm-hmm. ahead of time and and that draws them in we'll have to we'll have to kind of look at it. I'll probably so have you a you have to spy on them, yeah, I have to I have to send my spies over there to kind of figure out what they're doing. It's almost like they're toying with you, huh they are yeah, <laughs> they're just kind of sitting there laughing at us, and uh, you can't come across the fence, boy so okay <laughs> as, as, as
2: well as your neighbor sending you pictures, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that was like rubbing salt in the wounds, <laughs> yeah. you know so. It's going to make it oh, worth well. it though, Phil, once you
1: once you land the big one. It'll all be worth there it. There you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. All right, well, let's talk about some questions that have come in uh, from listeners over the the past um, couple of weeks and we got a few that I like here today. I want to start with one from David who says, "I had an annuity that I bought 9 years ago and it will mature in a year, right around the time my wife is scheduled to retire." I'll have the option of turning it into a lifetime income or moving it into a different investment altogether. What should I do?
2: You know, David, that is a very good question. And, and I'm glad that you're looking into this and just not assuming that what you had uh, is still going to be a valid plan. So it looks like a 10 year plan and much can change with rates and payouts, et cetera, in, in a 10 year timeframe. I'd have many other questions about this. I don't know your age, or when or if you're retired. It sounds like your wife is retiring soon, so maybe she's 60 to 65. The questions would be, when do you plan to retire if you're not already? And what do you and her have for retirement income sources? Your pension, a 401k. Do you have Social Security? Does she? What does the payout look like? It could be a good payout if you turn the annuity into income. We just don't know. Ten years ago, the rates could have looked much different than they do today. But the caution here is the terminology. Today, they have income riders for taking income, and the owner has multiple options for income, including discontinuing it. If it's the annuitizing, quote-unquote, way, which I call the old way, it's very restrictive, and you don't you don't control the account once you start the income stream. And also, what did you buy the annuity for? Did you buy it for safety? Did you buy it for income? Was it a combination of both? Um, so, David, I would say why don't you reach out to us at PathfinderChat.com and schedule a 15-minute phone call. You uh, go on Pathfinder chat, our calendar will pop up, just just type in your name and we'll be happy to give you a phone call about this. In the end, it may make the most sense to move that to something more productive than what you have, and it very well may be okay for what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, David also hadn't told us whether it's an IRA annuity or a non-IRA annuity. Yeah, a lot of it depends on right. So uh, don't just don't just assume that you can cash out and walk away without paying taxes. Uh, the greatest thing that we would recommend is to move it to a, a like type of investment, right? IRA to IRA or annuity to annuity to avoid having to pay steep taxes that year.
2: Yep. Very true too.
0: All right. Great question,
1: David. Thanks for sending that one in
0: to us. All right. How about this one from
1: Alexis it says, my husband is 13 years older than me and he's retiring next year. The only life insurance he has is provided by his job. So he'll have none when he retires. Should I take out a policy on him since I'll probably outlive him by several years?
0: Yeah, Alexis, this all depends. Uh, Many don't really understand the purpose behind purchasing life insurance. Uh, The purpose of life insurance is used to create an immediate estate or immediate assets at someone's death. So this asset can be used to pay off debt, buy out a business partner, or create an income stream lost at the death of a spouse. So you might be headed the right way, but Um, Just the fact that your husband is 13 years older isn't necessarily the only reason for purchasing life insurance. Here are some other questions that uh, we need to ask to determine if a policy would be appropriate. Does your husband have a 401k or a pension? Sometimes life insurance can be used depending on the payout options of a pension. Now, here's an example. Uh, If he is uh, uh, taking a pension and he has what's called a life-only payout or a life-only option, which actually would pay the highest benefit in retirement, but when he dies, the payments would stop. It might be important to buy a life insurance policy to replace that retirement plan, which is gone. It's called a pension max plan, a pension max plan. Again, Mm -hmm. it's the purpose of creating an immediate benefit to replace that lost asset. Another question is whether you've sat down with a financial advisor to find out if all the options and opportunities have been covered. Once you do that, Uh, you may find that you're in better shape financially than you thought and probably don't need to buy life insurance so uh, we could be able to help just give us a call at 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com and we can uh, help you with a 15-minute personal uh, conversation It's complimentary won't cost you anything and and we could probably steer you in the right direction what do you think barb
2: yeah you know um, so much like you said does depend on assets I, i had a similar situation with a client and uh, his wife is 10 years younger, and they won't need life insurance. Mm-hmm. But like you said, since it's to replace income, it could be a good idea, and maybe you don't need it. You know, retirement uh, planning, including life insurance and the need or not, is is also unique. But for our listeners, many questions would need to be asked, which is why Phil is also going to talk about the different types of life insurance on this podcast. So stay tuned for that.
1: Stay tuned for that indeed. All right, uh, that'll be coming up on our next question, but let's get to this one from Jerry first. Uh, I'm retiring soon and I asked my financial advisor when I should think about starting my Social Security. He seemed completely befuddled that I even asked him this question and didn't seem to have any insight at all. What am I missing here? Shouldn't that be a basic part of retirement planning?
2: Mm. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. What are you asking, Jerry? Of course, that's a very good question. But you know, that's one that we hear often. Absolutely, My financial advisors, Jerry, are just investments only, which I think is a big mistake. Social Security is part of the retirement income planning process and should definitely be a consideration when you're doing your income planning. We taught Social Security seminars for about three years, and uh, this is back when married couples had some advantages for claiming benefits simultaneously. Those advantages slowly eased away starting in 2015, and they'll cease altogether, Phil, mm-hmm. as of 2023, as of next year. You had that opportunity to do that with a restricted application.
0: I did. I was very fortunate. We found out about this way back when. Uh, my wife took uh, her Social Security early at 62, and I was able to uh, piggyback on her particular payment uh, by a file and suspend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what happened was that I was able to receive – uh, my own benefits uh, up till the time I was uh, 70 years of age, at which time I switched over to mine. And it probably produced another $27,000 right. of additional income that I wouldn't have had had I not known about that particular filing technique.
2: Yeah. So we taught all that at our seminars back when there was uh, those opportunities available. And uh, so those will be pretty much gone as of uh, 2023. So the question is when to take your benefit. Well, it depends. It depends on what you have for retirement assets, as well as your wife, if you're married. It also depends on your age. Uh, When you say you're retiring soon, do you have an actual plan for retiring? I'm assuming you don't because you're asking how Social Security would fit in. So basically, three options, and I'll keep this simple for uh, the sake of our podcast. If we just briefly talk about Social Security claiming for, number one, full retirement benefits, Secondly, claiming early or lastly claiming with the additional 8% increase up until age 70. It's all a wash in benefits if you live to just age 80. So for example, if you claim benefits at age 62, it will take until age 80, 18 years to receive the same benefits if he as if you collected at age 66, again to 80, 14 years, or if you collect at 70. 10 years so it's the same in benefits basically what we're saying here is the break-even age depending on when you uh, when you start to collect is right around age 80. considerations are you plan on living beyond age 80 well we Mm -hmm. don't know that but you know you have many considerations and if you have a long life expectancy you could consider claiming at full retirement age or even age 70. One thought for waiting until 70 is if you, get, uh, if you get bumped up into a higher income bracket, you may be paying additional Medicare Part B or D premiums, and uh, that does have to be a consideration. Also, consider your spouse. If you collect a higher benefit, let's just say the husband has the higher benefit, you may want to consider waiting at least for a period of time so she'll have that benefit when she needs it the most as she ages, especially if she's much younger. So Jerry, talk with a qualified retirement specialist because collecting Social Security benefits is final. And once you begin, you can't stop the benefit if you're under full retirement age. Also, remember, if you're still working for any of our listeners and you collect at age 62, there's an income limit of about $19,000 until you reach full retirement age. So reach out to us at PathfinderChat.com. This is a very important topic.
0: It really is, Barb. In fact, uh, one of the other dimensions of, of the planning process as to when to take Social Security has to do with tax planning. It does. As well. You know, you can delay Social Security for tax purposes. On the other hand, you could take Social Security early for tax purposes. It all depends on what your other sources of income would be. And uh, and we want to make sure that our clients have the greatest advantage to legally reduce the amount of taxes that they can And so we uh, we would recommend that they give us a call with regard to this very important question. Yeah. Is this
1: a red flag enough for Jerry that maybe he should just get an overall just kind of a second opinion on everything he's doing? Like to me, I just the first thing that comes to mind when maybe you're missing that is, you know, what else possibly has been overlooked?
2: Yeah, that's what you know. I was just Mm. thinking the same thing when you were asking this question, Ben. Yes, because, uh, well, you know, when we do speak with people that come to our classes that we teach in. Taxes and retirement and social security and whatnot. We have most of them, they will say, most most people that come and say that their advisors don't touch on those subjects.
0: Yeah. They, in fact, it's really kind of interesting. It's like taboo. Oh, I'm not going to talk about tax planning because I'm kind of venturing into the area of tax advice and that's only, you know, designated to C- CPAs, that type of thing. Uh, well, nothing could be further from the truth. You're not giving tax advice. What you're doing is you're you're offering information incidental to the planning process or to the securities management process, which yeah. is totally legal.
2: Yes, tax planning opportunities. Mm.
1: Well, again, if you want to get a second opinion, pathfinderchat.com, start there, schedule a meeting with Barbara and Phil, and you can get a second look, Jerry, whether it be you or anybody else who maybe has some questions about, you know, if they're going through everything uh, on, correctly through their uh, financial plan. So great question, Jerry. I'm glad you uh, had enough uh, know with all to actually ask about that. So appreciate that. Mm. All right. You promise life insurance, so let's talk life insurance. Susan asks, "What's better, term life insurance, universal life, or whole life?"
0: Wow, that's a that's a kind of a loaded question because it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking a life insurance person, uh, Ben, what do you what which product do you think the life insurance person will recommend to you? What do you think? Ooh, um, whole life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sounds whole life like a insurance. whole lot of money. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of commissions involved with whole life insurance and, you know, they have to make a living, of course. And I actually got my start in a business uh, in what we call the insurance wars, where it was, you know, whole life versus term insurance. But let's define some of these terms. First off, term insurance. Well, it's just pure insurance. It doesn't have any kind of a cash savings or a cash value. It really is the cheapest form of life insurance that you can purchase. You know, it's generally bought for a set term, like one year five years, 10, 15, 20 years or longer. And uh, after that period of time, uh, there's no more benefit. Then there's universal life, which is uh, really kind of a modification of whole life and term, kind of a a mix. Uh, It's a life insurance policy that does have a cash value, but the interest rate paid on the cash value will fluctuate with the current interest rates in the market. So the idea here is that you do have a cash value. Uh, It's not as low as traditional whole life insurance uh, uh, interest rates would be. Uh, you get a, a more competitive rate on the cash value. And then there's finally whole life insurance. And whole life insurance uh, is what you pay for your whole life. That's why they call it whole life insurance. The cash value is fixed at a certain rate, and that doesn't fluctuate. So being that my background is in life insurance, uh, that's how I got involved with the business was really from an educational standpoint. My philosophy has never been to combine life insurance with a savings plan. Yeah. So that's what universal and whole life insurance is but purchase it the same way that you would purchase homeowner's insurance or auto insurance or medical strictly the lowest cost for the greatest amount of protection and that really ends up being term life insurance now that's my bias and i believe and i've, I've stuck with that for 42 years i'm going to continue to, to believe that now there are some exceptions and Barb will talk a little bit when i get done here with my explanation the one example i typically use would apply to most families where uh you would buy $500,000 or more of term life insurance in order to create that immediate estate if the main uh, income earner dies. But if that income earner, the primary insured, doesn't die, and the years go by, and the mortgage is being paid off, the kids are off on their own, college is being paid off, and they're accumulating uh, money in their 401ks or IRAs or retirement plan, what happens is that when they get out to be age 65, now they've got five hundred thousand, a million dollars in their retirement plans, which really takes the place of the life insurance, right? I mean, why buy life insurance anymore at that point if you really created your own estate by accumulating the cash? And so that particular concept is known as the theory of decreasing responsibility, where you start out with a high degree of liability because you don't have anything uh, accumulated yet. But as time goes on, the life insurance is being replaced by cash or by the investments and so one is replaced by the other and that in my opinion has always been the most common sense approach to life insurance planning
2: you know um, i remember the term phil by uh by term invested oh yes that's the
0: difference right
2: that was poss- that was pro- uh, very popular for a long time yep you know and, the, and i had not ever seen much of a, a benefit either in whole life like you're mentioning phil in, in the past it depends on the goals too you know I've it used, does yes I've usually used universal or term or, you know, sometimes with advanced estate uh, planning strategies, maybe a combination of both. So, um, you know, but it depends on what it is you're using it for. But uh have not done, I don't think I've ever done anything with whole life just because for one reason, I don't like the idea of uh, paying out your whole life.
0: Right, right. You want to see those those premiums stop after a period of time. Yes. And, but I mean, yeah, even, you know, if, if people are advanced uh, age, they may still have need for life insurance. And, you know cash value life insurance may be the way to go especially if they have a lot of business liability um and we could talk for a long time about different farm estates as an example there could be tax liabilities involved there or we may need to split the estate up upon the death of the parents and make sure ev- everybody who has who is an heir has an interest in the farm has an equal share uh, some of the only ways you can do that is with life insurance
2: yeah, and you can actually have those set up, too, as you know, Phil, but to where you're not paying on it your entire life, too, or, uh, you know, period of time, 10-year sure. plans. Mm-hmm. So then you're done and you have the coverage. All
1: right. So, again, if you have any questions for us, best place to start, PathfinderChat.com, or you can call 815-399-9806. Barbara and Phil, as always, we appreciate your insight, your time, as always. And uh, we'll do it again here in a couple weeks.
2: Okay. Sounds we good, appreciate ben. you, Ben. We appreciate our listeners. Have a great day.